Hey, some news um, that has been bouncing around for days now and people have been calling for repeatedly some progress. Um, the White House saying today that Israel has agreed to put in place four-hour daily humanitarian pauses on its assault on Hamas uh, in northern Gaza. Biden administration say they've been pushing for this. Uh, and in addition, they managed to secure a second pathway for civilians to flee the fighting. Uh, Biden said he's asked Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu to institute the daily pauses during a call they had on Monday. Um, John Kirby, the U.S. National Security Council spokesman, says the first one will be announced today. And the Israelis have committed to announcing each four-hour window three hours in advance. So um, some progress being made when it comes to humanitarian pause slash ceasefire. Um, I don't know, you know, with the four-hour window, I guess it allows for some movement within Gaza, um, perhaps an opportunity to get some more people out and some more aid in. Uh, it's something. It's something. It's progress. Um, what does it mean for Benjamin Netanyahu? Is it a concession? There are negotiations to get a three-day pause implemented, and that involves the release of 12 hostages. There's over 200. Um, I'm not sure what that would mean in terms of Netanyahu and his stance. He's he's under pressure. He's been in politics a really, really, really long time. Um, he's been elected leader of Israel well, many times, actually. It, it, it's an interesting history that he's had. He's also been ousted from the leadership uh, in Israel only to come back again and again. And again, he is a political survivor, if nothing else. But as always, um, there are those who are calling for his ouster yet again, based on what's been going on in the last month. A lot of questions, too, about how Israel was caught seemingly completely off guard by the her- uh, terrorist attack of October 7th. Israel's lauded intelligence community failed. That's the kind of thing that, in a lot of instances, would end political careers. But like I say, uh, Netanyahu has faced many, many things that would end a political career and overcome them and has returned to leadership of Israel. So is this more of the same? What What's his future look like as we go through all this? We're going to speak with Brent E. Sassley, who's an associate professor of political science, University of Texas, Arlington. Uh, Brent, thanks for being here. Appreciate your time. Thanks for having me. Yeah, you can say what you want about Netanyahu, right? But he is a survivor. It goes back a long way. He's overcome a lot. He just keeps coming back. Yes, that is true. Um, his first Prime Minister, his tenure as Prime Minister was 1996 to 99. He made several slip-ups uh, that cost a number of lives, and he was soundly defeated in the election that followed. He came back within about 10 years or so. Actually, well, he came back earlier to play a role in politics and then was able to win the leadership of his Likud party and then, as you said, started winning elections again and again and again. So, yes, he's been around. He, he knows how to read the system. And the system benefits him. Yeah. Um, the political system allows him to bargain with political parties um, and give him kind of an edge. Because that system, like very, like Netanyahu very rarely gets elected outright as prime minister of Israel. It's more who can cobble together a coalition and become prime minister. And that's where he's really uh, proven very effective, right? That's right. So the whole con- so Israel is a parliamentary system, and the country is a single district. And so voters will vote for a party. They don't vote for individual candidates, and they don't vote for prime minister. So his party has, over the last 10 years or so, typically won a plurality of votes but in, for seats in the parliament, but not by much. Um, and he himself is not necessarily all that much popular. Public opinion polls show that he's well-recognized because he's been around for a long time, but it's not that people necessarily trust him. 
they maybe trust him more than some other people. So one of his signature pieces of policy has always been the protection of Israelis. That, that, that goes back, to, I mean, that, that's sort of been uh, something he's promised, he's campaigned on, and he's sort of made part of his persona as leader. So what does this current situation and what happened back on October 7th mean for him going forward? How damaging is it, I guess, is the question. It's very damaging. Uh, this was, uh, it's certainly not only his fault. There were other um, elements in the military and the intelligence agencies but part of it has to do with, I mean, he is the prime minister, so he makes the final decision. It's, we know, for example, that the military was paying more attention to the West Bank where to protect settlers, to advance the settlement uh, enterprise, which Netanyahu is supportive of, um, and less attention was paid to, to southern Israel and the border with, with Gaza. This is, it's hard, to, uh, it's hard to overstate how devastating the Hamas attack was to Israel, just the, brutal, the brutality and the cruelty of it. In addition, Netanyahu, this has also caused more, or at least expanded the risk between Netanyahu and military security chiefs. He's long fought with people in intelligence agencies and the military over Israeli policy. This has made things worse because in the immediate aftermath, he was accusing them of having failed the country without taking any responsibility for himself. And, and people, Israelis, are not happy that he's done that. He had a lot of things going on prior to October 7th, prior to this current crisis. I mean, he was under, we saw tens of thousands of Israelis in the streets protesting what he was trying to do with the legal. I mean, he, is he been sort of in a tenuous position prior to all this happening, Brent? Tenuous, um, to an extent, he is, he was indicted for corruption. And then, as you said, he made some promises in order to garner political parties to support him to form a coalition government. All Israeli governments are coalition governments. Um, and then part of the promise was to overhaul the judicial system, which has been something the political right in Israel has been demanding for many, many years, essentially to reduce judicial independence, to tie them to the government or to the Israeli parliament. And that's when you've had hundreds of thousands of Israelis come out um, on a regular basis, on a weekly basis. So you've got this criminal uh, trial that's hanging over him. You've got these, these protesters demanding his ouster tenuous because of that, but so long as his coalition partners are willing to stay in the government and keep him there, yeah. his position is more or less insured. Okay. And and then, of course, we wait and see what happens with the current situation, but I, I guess the message, Brent, is don't bet against Baby, right? I mean, he always seems to come out on top in the end. Don't count him out. That's right. Yeah. Excellent. Interesting stuff. Brent, thanks so much for being here. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me.